Good morning. Uh, for those who don't know me, I, my name is Dawn. I serve as one of the pastors here. Uh, and if you know me, you know I have uh, been on staff here at DSBC for almost nine years. And at one point, I was in charge of overseeing our facilities and contacting repairmen and things like that when, when there was issues here. I did not fix it myself, so we're okay. <laughs> um, but there was this one time where the AC had gone out in this building, as it does in Phoenix, and uh, the AC units are up on the roof here uh, in this room. And so I needed to call a repairman. I called an AC repairman that we had worked with before, and I really liked him. We had a good relationship, I felt like. And so I showed him where the AC unit was that had the problem, and then I trusted him well enough to be able to go back to the office and, and continue on my work. But there was a point where I received a text from our AC repairman saying, hey, I got locked out on the roof. I'm on the southwest side. And at that moment, I realized we had a problem in our relationship with communication and expectation because I had no idea where southwest was, according to this building. <laughs> I still to this day do not have any idea where southwest is. See, relationships can be hard, right? We have these moments where we connect with people, we trust them, but then we get into relationship with them and maybe we start to see some red flags, some issues, right? And so I just want to just put your mind at ease. For those of you guys who are sitting here going, of course she's a woman, she has no idea what direction it is. It was Jenny Hunkin who helped get us this man off the, air, off the roof. So, right? Still, whenever I have a problem with which, what cardinal direction are we talking about, Jenny Hunkin is always there for me <laughs> and our AC repairman. But right, aren't, aren't relationships hard? Even the good ones sometimes are hard. They're, they can be confusing. It can be wonderful. And as, think about these new, uh, when you're dating for the first time, you're like, everything is perfect. And then there's this moment where you're like, what have I done? Right? And that happens in friendships too, right? That happens in acquaintances. That happens in family, right? That happens in church family, right? And so wouldn't it be really nice if we had a handbook that just told us, here's how you deal with these relationships. If this comes up, do this. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah right? Now, I just want you to imagine maybe a relationship that, that you're, you've got some of these questions coming up. Maybe you're seeing some red flags, or maybe it's just a little uncomfortable. I believe it's not the person next to you, right? Like, we're not talking about the person that you brought today. It's somebody far away, right? Okay. So keep that in mind as we talk today. And just think about that relationship as we continue our series in Proverbs called Walking Wise, where we're looking at the Proverbs to gain wisdom in different areas of our life. And today, we're going to be talking about relationships. And so as I was digging in, you know, we've heard pastors say, the Bible is a handbook for your life. So I was like, okay, let me dig into Proverbs and figure out how to handle my AC repairman. Because either, we've, we've got a couple of problems. I either need to set a boundary and tell him he can't use words like South and West with me, because that's inappropriate. Or maybe I need to take a class to learn a better understand his perspective in life. Or maybe we just need to part ways. Who knows? So digging into Proverbs, I found some great verses on relationships. I'll share them with you. The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, in our relationship, I'm not sure who was the wise and who was the fool, so that doesn't quite help me. 
One with many friends will be harmed, but there is a friend who stays closer to a, than a brother. So maybe I shouldn't have too many friends. Don't make friends with an angry person and don't be a companion of a hot-tempered one or you will learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Well, now my AC guy was standing on top of the roof in not quite summer, but it was pretty hot. I'm, he might have been angry. I don't know. I was angry because he was using these words I didn't understand. But does that mean we can't be friends? Iron sharpens iron and one person sharpens another. I have never worked with iron in my life. And then here's my favorite. Don't answer a fool according to his foolishness or you will be like him yourself. But then answer a fool according to his foolishness and he'll become, or he'll become wise in his own ways. Did you see? These verses are one right after the other in the Bible. How is this a handbook when I'm getting these conflicting messages, right? And all of these messages that maybe I don't understand in my, in my day-to-day life. And so maybe approaching the Bible as a handbook, as a plug-and-play, isn't our best option. And actually, if you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Caleb has mentioned that time and time again as we've been going through Proverbs. And just how do we approach Scripture when we're looking for those answers in our life? And if you'd like to know more and hear more about how we approach Scripture, some, seeing Scripture as more of a wisdom literature rather than a plug-and-play, I encourage you to hang out after service today at 11 o'clock in this room. We do what's called a deep dive. Pastor Caleb talks through more of um, just how do we approach Scripture, how do we read the Bible, and specifically we'll be talking about more in Proverbs. I would encourage you to attend that. But so if the Bible is not a handbook, then, and I can't use it as a plug and play in my relationship, does that mean it can't speak to me in helping to understand how to better show up in my relationships, have healthier relationships? Well, no. No. It's all about how we maybe approach Scripture. And when I was preparing for this message, I was remembering a conversation I had with one of my friends a couple years ago when I was dealing with a hard decision. And she brought up this idea, this concept of true north. And I looked at her and I said, did you just say north to me? Are we not friends? Do you not know? And she said, no, no, no. You don't have to know where north is. She said, this idea of true north is knowing what direction you're going. Where are you heading? Where is your forward? Where are you going? And she said, and and as we're headed towards true north, we recognize we have these boundaries on each side. And if we stay within those boundaries, even though we might be bouncing between those boundaries, we're always heading in this direction of, of going forward or toward our true north. And I found this great quote that's actually in a leadership uh, book that kind of helps encapsulate this idea of true north. Bill George, he says, your true north is the internal compass that guides you successfully through life. It represents who you are at your deepest level. Your true north is based on what is most important to you, your most cherished values, your possessions, your motivations, and the source of satisfaction in your life. Now, this is from a leadership book. It's not a follow Jesus kind of book, but I think that can really give us some idea of what are we looking for in the scripture when we are looking for how do we head towards this true north? What is our our goal? goal? What is our forward direction? And as believers, we believe that that forward direction is Jesus' way. But sometimes, again, it's still hard to make decisions because you don't see Jesus interacting with people in the exact same situation that we might be interacting with in our relationships. 
And so my friend drew this, uh, this diagram for me to kind of help me understand when we were talking about true north. And of course, for us, maybe the true north is Jesus' way. And we have these boundaries on both sides as we're traveling up the path of, towards our true north, towards Jesus' way. These boundaries are given to us by God as what are things that are, are good and healthy for us to stay within those boundaries. And so we fill up this space as we're headed towards true north with things that help us on this path. And so we're going to see that actually in scripture today as we uh, read in Proverbs, we'll see that even when these scriptures were written, the ancient writers were not expecting us, again, to plug and play, but helping us to create this concept of how do we make decisions about our relationships based on what the Bible teaches us. And so we're going to be looking in Proverbs 4. If It should be printed out in your handout if you're in the room. If you do not have a Bible, we would love to give you one. We have some in the back on the tables. You're welcome to take one for free. And if you're online, you can go to Bible.com and look up Proverbs 4. We're in the Christian Standard Version. Or grab your Bible and join us. And so I'm going to read through Proverbs 4, 20 through 27, and then we're going to go back through and kind of break it down. Proverbs 4 says, My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my sayings. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's own body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward and fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet, and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left, but keep your feet away from evil. We'll go back here in a second. And so... As we're looking at these verses, it's giving this, again, this picture, this idea of how do we do this life? How do we live this life and head towards a way that is following in Jesus' way? And so as we talk through these verses, we start with just recognizing in the beginning, you have this parent, uh, Pastor Caleb has shared this in, about Proverbs before, you've got a parent who's teaching these wise saying to their children. And so just right off the bat, just seeing this picture of being a student of a wise person, a person who's walked the path before you and being a student of theirs and listening, holding tight to these sayings and keeping them in your heart. And what I love about the ancient writers is when you dig in, you read a little bit more about what did they mean by heart? They're not talking about your physical heart. And a lot of times we, when we think about heart, we might be thinking about our feelings, right? But for the ancient writers, they really saw your heart as your inner being, all of you, your essence of who you are. And so hide these truths and these sayings in the essence, in the being of who you are. For, those are, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's own body. And I love how the message actually says this verse here. It says, those who discover these words live. They really live body and soul. They're bursting with health. Doesn't that sound wonderful? All of this wisdom, all of these sayings that we're taking to heart and we're holding as our inner being, they can, be, they can give us health. Our bodies will be given this ability to really live and bursting with health. It's beautiful. As we continue, it says, guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. 
Guard your inner being. Guard the essence of who you are because this is your source of life. And actually, as I was reading um, throughout this, these last couple of weeks, I've been reading a book called Good Boundaries and Goodbyes by Lisa Turkers. And there's a quote she has in there that really made this um, hit home for me. She said, the reason why we need to guard our hearts above all else when we're in relationships, why this is so important, is that we don't want to get so consumed with the pain and the chaos of an unhealthy relationship pattern that we become a carrier of human hurt rather than a conduit of God's love. It's so important in our relationships to guard our hearts, have wisdom in our relationships so that we can be a conduit of God's love, not a carrier of human hurt. And I know all of us have been there, and maybe some of us are there right now, where you're in a relationship where there's just so much hurt and so much pain, and it's hard to know how to move forward. As we continue, it gives us, these scriptures give us some ideas of how some metrics, some things that we can check within ourselves to see, are we really guarding our heart? Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly, and don't let your lips talk deviously. And I find it interesting that the writers would separate these things. Don't let your mouth talk dishonestly, and your lips speak dis- deviously. And there's a difference between dishonesty and deviously that is interesting to me. One, I think we all know dishonesty not being truthful, right? And sometimes in our relationships, we're either not truthful with the person we're in relationship with, or maybe we're not truthful with ourselves about what's going on in this relationship. But then deviously points more to when you are speaking in a way that is not telling full truths and you're doing it with this intent of getting something you want. And for some of us, maybe if we're not being truthful in the relationship, we're being devious by not telling, not being honest. Maybe for some of us, we are being devious so that we can control the other person. And just thinking through, what are these things that are, that are entering into our lives because of the relationship we are in with this person? Are we being dishonest? And we go on. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. The relationship that I'm in, that I'm struggling with, is it allowing me to stay towards my true north? Is it helping me to keep my eyes straight ahead or is it causing me to look in all these other directions and maybe even cross some of my own boundaries that I have set? Carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Now again, if you're thinking of that picture of true north, maybe this relationship does have you on the path, but the relationship might be causing it to be more muddy or more stumbling, you're doing a lot more stumbling on your path because of this relationship that you're in. Just something to consider. Or maybe what's going on with you. Maybe it's not the relationship. Maybe it's something that's going on with you that is causing you to stumble, that is causing you to maybe slip and slide. Maybe you're getting too close to those boundaries that you would rather not be that close to. Just another way to evaluate where you are. And so we see as we read scripture and, and, and scripture as a whole, we start to be able to fill up our diagram of true north. As we're headed towards Jesus' way, we discover these areas where we can help, uh, we can guide ourselves towards true north when we've got all these other things coming at us. And maybe even our relationships are telling us, ah, you don't need to do that. Or that's, what, what's the big deal? We can lean on our beliefs, our values, our passions, scripture, wisdom, and motivations to help us to know what is that direction in towards our true north, towards Jesus' way in this relationship, even though it can be a little bit confusing. 
So part of my last uh, several years was actually working on a degree in marriage and family therapy. And so we do a lot of study in that, of what does relationships look like? What does healthy relationships look like? And you might be here with me too going, okay, we're talking about, you know, all this relationship stuff, but you really haven't told me what is a good relationship? I don't, how do I evaluate a good relationship? And in my program, we generally, the experts will agree on these four things. A good relationship has trust, communication, boundaries, value, and respect. So as we're evaluating our relationships, as we're trying to understand what's my next step in this relationship, this might be a metrics for you to check where are we at. And so thinking about trust, I think we would all agree you need to be able to trust someone that you're in relationship. Even with an acquaintance, think about it. The minute you meet someone, you're trusting that they're going to be kind to you, that they're going to engage in conversation with you, that they're going to be an acquaintance. We give trust very easily if you think about it in some respects. But the minute trust is lost, it can be lost for a very long time. It's very hard to gain back. We, as I was reading again in Lisa Turker's book, The Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, she had a really pointed statement that helped me to understand how do we evaluate trust in relationships and how does it break down? And she said, we must require from people the responsibility necessary to grant the amount of access we allow them to have in our lives. Too much access without the correct responsibility is detrimental. She goes on to say, when we allow someone else access to us emotionally, physically, financially, mentally, spiritually, we need to require them to be responsible with that access. If I give someone level 10 access, but they are only willing or capable of having level three responsibility, then relational tension will exist. Trust will erode and frustration will be ever increasing. It's so important that we are on the same page with our relationships of how much access am I giving you for and how much responsibility are you taking with that access? And I just wanna point that again, too much access without the correct responsibility is detrimental. And for some of you, you might be sitting here thinking, oh, oh, I'm in, I'm in this relationship with this person and, and they are only showing up maybe at a level three, but I'm giving them everything. It might be time to evaluate. Is there some trust that's getting broken there of you expected something from them and they couldn't deliver or vice versa? Maybe you're only showing up at a level three and you've got someone in your life who's giving you everything. Next, we talk about communication. Communication is so important. We hear this all the time. Communication is necessary, just like my AC repairman. He was talking in a language I did not understand. And if I would have come back to him and said, could you just tell me, are you above the lobby or are you above the band room? Where, where are you at? Right? He wouldn't have been able to respond because he's not familiar with our building. And so communication, doesn't matter what kind of relationship it is, is so foundational. So oftentimes we have these resources where we can teach these communication skills because it's not something that comes naturally to us. We assume everybody is on the same page we are on, right? And then when you find out they're not, it's, it's like, well, maybe they shouldn't be my friend or maybe I shouldn't be married to this person or how could they think this way, right? But we're all in any relationship. We've got people coming from so many different backgrounds and bringing their brokenness too. And so coming together and figuring out a common language can be make and break a relationship, and in fact, DSBC believes so much 
in the power of communication. We are constantly working to strive at getting better at this. And I, we have not arrived. We know that. But it is, we keep our eyes on learning to be better and better communicators. <clears throat> and we, in fact, we think this is so important. We offer classes all the time that help in this area. One class we have coming up is a marriage class that focuses eight weeks on communication that will give you the tools in your marriage or in if you're getting ready to get married to learn how to communicate together and maybe share some things that uh, maybe you didn't even know would be a difficult conversation but can be an opportunity to practice. That's actually starting this next week. We also are offering a class called Be the Bridge where we go through the book by, um, oh, and her name is totally escaping me. Natasha Morrison, yes, uh, Be the Bridge, talking about racial reconciliation in the church. And why do I bring this up as a communication book? It is a book that helps us to learn to listen to our brothers and our sisters who are coming from different perspectives than we are, who live a different life here in Arizona, depending on sometimes your skin. And so it's a great opportunity for us to come together. I have friends who have gone through this class with Be the Bridge who have come back and said, I had no idea. I never heard these things because oftentimes we will sit at tables with people who look just like us. And if we hear something that doesn't sound quite right because we've never had that experience, we just want to brush it off. And so a key component of the Be the Bridge book study that we go through will be just learning how to listen how to approach uh, conversations that are difficult with people who are coming from different places. We actually, next Sunday at 11 o'clock, we're gonna have a intro class on Be The Bridge, just to talk a little bit about what does the eight weeks look like that when we're studying together, what do you expect to, to talk about, what are the boundaries, because all good relationships need boundaries. And um, so it's just an opportunity. If something that you might be interested in, if you've been wondering about racial reconciliation and the role of the church, this would be a great opportunity to check it out. All of these opportunities are in your uh, handout, as well as what's going on here on, on the campus at 11 o'clock today. I'm going to say also on communication, we believe that God created us to be in community. The best way to study scripture and to gain wisdom is in community. And so even today at 11 o'clock, if maybe the deep dive isn't your thing, we have groups that are meeting to talk about Genesis. We have groups that are talking just to talk about the sermon today. And so if you'd like to join those, you can check that out in your handbook. As we mentioned before, also a key component of good relationships is boundaries. And what do I mean by boundaries? It's those, those conversations we have with each other who, in which we do sometimes say, I mean, I was being silly with our AC repairman, but sometimes we say, hey, my boundary is you can't talk to me like that. Or I have a boundary that I don't want to participate in those kind of activities. We can still be friends, but I just need you to stay within these boundaries. Sometimes that can feel mean. It can feel like we're, we're controlling the relationship. But if we think about what, what are our motivations? Are we trying to control the relationship? What is the reason for setting these boundaries? And also, are we respecting the other person's boundaries? As we keep going, the last component of a good relationship is value and respect. As believers, as followers of Jesus, we believe we were all made in the image of God. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, we believe you were made in the image of God. And that because of that, every human has dignity, worth, and value. But if you're in a relationship where you are not valued or you are not respected, or maybe you're in a relationship where you don't respect the person that you're in relationship with, that can be a red flag. That can be something to consider and maybe talk about. But I want to take that a step further. There are relationships where 
a person's dignity, worth, and value is completely overlooked and completely shut down. And those relationships we call abusive. And in fact, I appreciate this definition of abuse from Steve Tracy, Dr. Steve Tracy, who wrote Mending the Soul. It says, by definition, abuse is the misuse of one's power to harm another person. Abuse is a frontal assault on another person's worth and dignity, and hence it can cripple one's ability to experience healthy relationships. Because of this reason, even if you've been traumatized by abuse or you're currently in an abusive relationship, it's really, really difficult to be in a healthy relationship yourself. It can have such an impact on your soul, on how you think about who you are. And for that reason, we offer Mending the Soul groups here. They're closed groups that come together to talk about how we... uh, the abuse that we have lived through, how it's affecting our life, and how do we move forward? How do we seek healing? And so if you've been in an abusive relationship or maybe you are trying to decide if you were in one now, I would encourage you to check out Mending the Soul. They can be very, very powerful. I've gone through a group and it was life-changing for me. And I can say that until I could process that abuse and that pain, I could not look at relationships in a healthy way. As well as if maybe mending the soul, you're not ready for that. We also have groups uh, celebrate recovery that help you to learn how, how am I entering in relationships and how am I receiving relationships? Am I being healthy in, in the relationships that I'm part of? So I'd encourage you to check that out. And then if, if there's a point where you're like, listen, I, am, I, can't, I can't do relationships. I'm so shut down. I'm so confused. I'm so done. I want to encourage you to check out therapy services. Here at DSBC, we actually have a fund that if therapy is outside of your uh, financial resources at this time, that we can help cover some of those costs. I'd love to have a conversation with you about that. Let's keep going. So you might be sitting here going, okay, so now I know some of the components of a good relationship. I know the Bible is our resource for true north to learn how to follow Jesus' way. I know when I'm evaluating my true north, I'm thinking about my values and the calling that maybe God has given me, the wisdom of the people around me. But what do I do now? What's something I can practically walk away with? And so I don't have the answers for you. I'm not going to give you the answers because remember the Bible is not plug and play. So I didn't find those answers to just give to you. And relationships are hard. They come from all different kinds of directions, right? There's, there's moments where we're a kid and we have a, a parent who's taking care of us. And then at some point, maybe we're taking care of our parents and we're dealing with uh, what does it mean to be a caretaker now? Maybe we're in a relationship where somebody is crossing our boundaries constantly, Maybe we're in a great relationship and we want to just keep it going forward and we want it to be healthy. I just want to encourage you, use these steps to kind of evaluate your relationship and decide what might be the next step for it. And so here here it is. Obviously, evaluate the relationship. What kind of relationship is it? Am I in an acquaintance relationship, but I'm treating them like they're my most intimate best friend? What kind of relationship is it? Identify your role in the relationship. And not the role that you tell yourself, but the role that you really are playing. Because I know sometimes, as a mom, I think I'm doing the right thing, but really I'm trying to be a savior. And then sometimes I know I'm in a relationship that I think is wonderful, but really in order to be in this relationship, I've got to be the victim all the time. Or maybe I'm the one with all the power. What is your actual role in this relationship that you're evaluating? And again, not the one that you tell yourself, but the reality of the role. Really, really dig deep and evaluate it. 
And then as we saw in the scripture that we read earlier in Proverbs 4, there were so many references to our, our body, right? Our hearts, our minds, our ears, our mouths, our feet. Check, it's so important. Check in with your whole self. Remember that apart from the message talking about this is your whole body will allow you to live, to really live. Check in with your whole self. Sometimes our mind can be saying, this is great, this is wonderful. But every time we walk away from the relationship, our body and our soul feels heavy. And it feels like we can barely make it. Or maybe the other way, our mind is saying, no, 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 we can't do this again. I cannot enter into another relationship. It's too risky. But our body and our soul are saying, we need community. We need to be with people. And so check in with your whole body and listen. God created us in his image as this connected being and how important it is to check in with all parts of our being. And then lastly, seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. And again, remember that wisdom is not a plug and play. It is a journey. It is applying what we, what we learn, seeing if that works, and if it doesn't, then trying again. And I just want to encourage you and remind you as I was encouraged by this verse in Proverbs that if we don't abandon wisdom she will watch over you love her and she will guard you wisdom is a characteristic of God it is always always available to us and as we start trying to make decisions about our relationships and seek wisdom remember that it is available to you as we seek it now, would you join me as we pray? God, thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. Thank you that you are our perfect, absolutely perfect relationship partner, that we can come to you, that we can always trust you, that we know that you constantly evaluate, or you constantly value and respect us, and you are fighting for us to show up in the world in a way that is healthy in our relationships. Because as we show up healthy in our relationships, we know we can be a better conduit of your love. God, I pray that you would continue to show us where you're giving us wisdom. Help us to get to focus on this idea of true north and what are the things, what are the boundaries on each side that we need to focus on and what are the things that we need to fill up our path with and that helps us in the Jesus way. In your name, amen.